You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back with episode 103. Episode 103. So, Tyler, uh, right before the podcast, I checked something out. And you know that last year was probably both our worst years in poker. Yeah, for sure. You know that at this point, I am $1 less for this year as far as profit than all of last year put combined. <laughs> Wait, say it again? Uh, so far this year, I've made $1 less than all of last year. Oh, God. Well, if anything, that might just speak to how your year is going. Yeah, I I mean, obviously this year's gone pretty good for me as well. I haven't got as much poker in as I would have liked to, but I was super happy to see that I will, if I win $2 next session, I will have overtaken last year's entire profit for the entire year. (laughs) That's super nice. Hopefully you can put it together here in a few hours, maybe. Yeah, maybe so. We're going to hope for the best. So I just thought that was interesting. Uh, so there's a couple topics that we're going to go into. I think the first has to be the bad beat, uh, in San Antonio that happened. Did you hear about it? No. What happened? So in San Antonio, they're playing at a place with a bad beat jackpot. They hit the bad beat. I believe it was quads versus straight flush. I, I don't, I don't know for certain, but regardless, they hit the bad beat jackpot. They voided the bad beat because apparently the guy showed his cards too soon before the other guy called. Like, apparently there was a raise. The other person went all in, I think, thought he had him covered, and it was like 10 extra dollars or whatever. That guy hadn't called yet. He shows down, and they voided the... And it does say, from what I saw in the rules, if you expose the hand that's still in play, that it does void it. But God almighty, this is a nit, very nitpicky thing. What What do you think about that? Oh, boy. Um, my immediate first thought on it was I thought that they still should have paid it out. That was my immediate first thought. Uh, I didn't realize that they had that written in the rules, though, either. I think I saw a, a post on it where it was, like, written down. Uh, I don't... I don't know for a fact on that, but I, I I do know that that was one of the rules where it was posted. I'm not certain. Well, that's kind of like at the old Johnny Chan's 88, right, where they had whatever bad beats or whatever. The dealers and everyone would just always get on to players and me because I used to leave my wallet, like, next to my chips and or phone, right, whatever. Right. And they would say, oh, you know, you got to take your phone off the table. It has to be on the rail or else it voids the bad beat. It voids the bad beat. You can't have your phone. You can't have anything touching the felt or else it'll void the bad beat. So it might be something like that because one of the dealers made the point that, like, if you have your phone or something on there, he, they said, you know, they're obviously going to go back and look and look for a reason not to pay out a giant amount. You know, like the whoever's doing the bad beat is what the dealer said. I don't know how true or false that is. 
I mean, from everything I've seen, it's super true. It seems like these rooms are doing everything they can not to pay this pay stuff out. Which makes you think, why not instead of having a super high bad beat that you don't want to pay out, why not just have like a lower one? <laughs> like that's not a big deal. Because if the options are a small bad beat or a big bad or a I mean, or no bad beat. I'm definitely taking the small one over no bad beat, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it kind of ceases to matter. Like, to the players, I mean, it's kind of out of our control. So why not do what you want if you're going to offer it? I mean, I'm a fan of, like you say, I would rather, I'm not a big fan of bad beat jackpots in general. Uh, One, the chance of me being at the table during a bad beat jackpot is very, very low. But the chances of, a lot of the like, my, whether it's my time money or rake money, paying for it <laughs> is guaranteed. So I hate that. Like, if you do like a bonus for quads or something like that, or something that's gonna pay out incrementally, then over time you're gonna get some of that money back because you're gonna get quads at some point. You're gonna, you know, do like flop something crazy. Uh, like I know, like some places you flop a flush, you get some money back. I don't mind stuff like that. But a bad beat jackpot where, one, it seems like the places a lot of times just don't want to pay it out in general and are looking for reasons to avoid it. And the other thing is it's one in a million that you're going to hit it already. I am just not a big fan of these jackpots. And I like them when I'm on vacation because you get that little lottery ticket feel. But if it's a day-to-day room I'm going to, I don't like it at all. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't. If it's, you know, like you said, if the time is paying for it or the – you know, which whatever it's, I know a lot of the, like, um, I'm pretty sure Jonathan Little was saying a lot of the higher stakes games, they don't have that because they don't want to pay the rake at the casino for it. Yeah. Cause those players are just, they're smarter than lower limit players. <laughs> so a hundred percent. Now, if the rooms in Texas wanted to do something, you could look at like what South point, the Orleans or like the golden nugget does for their promotions and they're not bad beat. Well, I mean, I think they do have a bad beat, but some of the promotions are like when you get quads, like it's one of those, you get quads and then you get the next one and the next one. And it kind of goes, uh, it compounds on itself. Some of those are really cool. I do like those, but over time you're going to hit something like that. So like I say, it just, I don't know. It's, if they don't want to have a bad beat, if you don't want to pay out a bad beat jackpot, just don't have it. Well, and here's the thing is having it and not having it is completely optional to the room. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's a, I mean, it seems like a weird problem to have, but. Yeah. If I guess I can see the point of if they have a rule and you're going to, uh, whatchamacallit, get a, uh, you can get out on a technicality of it. But you're getting all the free advertisement of saying, hey, if you hit this, you're going to get this. It seems like a dirty thing to do. Well, and I feel like the advertisement of you paying it is probably even more than advertising the bad beat, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, you paying it plus, wait, Like, once they pay it and then they post it on Facebook or Instagram and everything, and everyone gets to see that, you know, these guys won this amount of money, how crazy. I mean, if anything, that incentivizes me to go to that room. Oh, 100%. I mean, I mean even definitely. if the bad beat isn't as big as it was, obviously, whenever it just hit. But, I mean, I see that, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I'll, you know, think about going to a place like that. 
Yeah, uh, well, yeah, 100%. Well, here's the other thing is I don't think it was a gigantic poker room. I definitely – it wasn't Rounders in San Antonio, which is the bit – that's like the lodge of, of uh, San Antonio. Is don't you kill like your – because your player base is going to be super pissed, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, we're pissed, and we don't even play there. Yeah, if I was at the <laughs> table and got nothing off a like a ridiculously little technicality – Right or wrong, I tell you what, I can take my business somewhere else. It seems like it would really be hurtful to your business in general just to do that. So, oh, I mean, like you always say, the poker community is small. I mean, it's definitely going to get around. Yeah. So, well, it was it's just an interesting thought uh, as far as how bonuses go. If it's right to, I don't really have a right or wrong. I don't know if they did do that. It is in the rules. I. I guess it is what it is. It also seems like you're just they're just looking for a way out. So I don't really know right or wrong. It's just something I thought we'd share with our audience on how these things go. If you're playing at a place with a bad beat, things to look for, and you might not always get it even if you hit it. And one other thing to think about just about the bad beat is that you are paying for the bad beat in some way. Oh, 100%. <laughs> it's not free. Well, that's it. Not even just a bad beat, but any bonus ever. It's you're paying it somehow, some way. Right. That's what I said a few podcasts ago. Whenever we were comparing rake versus time, there's a reason why these rake games can give such awesome promotions. It's oh, not. I mean, you're yeah. paying for them, so uh, a thousand percent. Uh, so that was kind of on that. The other thing I thought was really cool. Uh, I was watching Hustler Casino live last night, and I saw. Oh, I forgot how to pronounce his name. Magnus Carlson. Magnus Carlson, uh, the number one ch- uh, ranked chess player in the world playing on the Hustler Casino live stream. And I tell you what, I try to like watch the Texas streams because I really want to support them. I want to support the Lodge and Texas Card House and all that. But the people who run Hustler Casino live just knock it out of the park over and over again because seeing some of these big names that are on the stream and that's just an interesting get like the uh creator content the pro gamers and all that it's just they do such a great job with it oh no absolutely very entertaining but it's kind of weird because like you know the local rooms i don't say you can't do that but it's a little bit harder because it's a lot of locals playing right like the whole appeal of having it at the law or maybe not the laws they do have a lot of celebrities but like um you know prime um, which wherever is that you get to go there and play. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So you can't go there and play if everyone's, you know, if they're bringing in all these people, then how many seats are maybe open Two, three? I think the lodge is probably the best chance of doing like, like competing in that realm because of who owns it. I mean, Doug Polk, Andrew Neeby and Brad Owen are three of the top, uh, content creators in all of poker. And obviously, they can bring in other people who are well-known and all of that. Uh, but I think kind of like what I was kind of getting at, though, was like the Hustler, the stream itself is like the entertainment. I think these other rooms, part of the entertainment is that you can just show up and be on the stream. You're probably not going to show up to Hustler Casino and be on that stream when they have all these celebrities, right? The, oh, yeah, no, 100%. But I think even the Lodge would be kind of tough. I think the Lodge is buy-in. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying the Hustler and the Lodge are kind of one and the same. Like, they're competing in that. But I'm saying right. the other rooms, the draw would be that you can go there and play. Oh, yeah, like uh, when Paramount was doing it, when Prime was doing it, and all of that. Which, 
I think is in a way a great marketing tool for the room. I think that's is a super cool option to have. But yeah, they're on just different levels. I mean, one one's playing little league and you get to play in the. I mean, you're a kid and you get to play. The other's the World Series and you get to watch and it's cool, but you're not going to be in. It. <laughs> right. That that was kind of. You better explain the point I was trying to make. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That was basically <laughs> what I was trying to get to. Yeah, was they're pretty different there, but yeah. So, but I was just I was really cool. I thought it was really cool to see uh, him play. The other thing uh, when they were advertising it, I thought was really uh, awesome is uh, they're doing a million-dollar buy-in game. At, I saw Rampage was advertised on that. He's one of the headliners. I mean, just I just don't know how. I mean, that dude I, the he come seems up. to kill it. So I, I remember when we used to watch him, and we're like, is this guy even good at poker? And, I mean, now it's he's just buying in in the biggest games ever. So, I mean, it's just kind of crazy to see his run. I mean, I think Mariano's been the biggest skyrocket, but Rampage is right there behind him. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely neck and neck. But who? I wonder who else would be in that game. I guess neither of us know. I only saw Rampage. But, man, that uh, would be one to look. I wonder when this podcast is out, if the stream has already happened, if that game's already happened. I don't think so, because they were talking about it last night. Oh, wait, yeah, this won't be out until next Thursday. I don't know when it is. Uh, I'll have to look it up. But I did think it was kind of cool to see uh, such a huge buy-in and, uh, like, Rampage being one of the headliners. That might be one that I might want to actually watch the whole thing. Because a lot of times with the streams, I'll go through and watch the highlights. You know, the kind of the clips, like the 30-minute clips. And, yeah. But, I mean, a game that big, I mean, that'd be pretty entertaining. Yeah, it's kind of hard. Like, in the five hours and six hours these streams go on, they're really good if you're doing something to have it in the background. But it's kind of, it's a lot to take in uh, all at one time. But, yeah, it was super cool. It's kind of a super cool thing to see for poker. Uh, so we did do a session where we went to the Cypress Poker Lounge. It's a very new club. It's now the closest club in Houston to both me and you. And what what were your thoughts? Oh, I thought it was super nice. That's always nice. Like whenever you go in, the building itself was very nice. The tables were very nice. I mean, everything. I mean, I'm sit here and list everything. <laughs> I mean, sound like a chump, but um, overall, very nice. The one thing that I definitely um, liked were the chairs. As chairs odd as that sounds, yeah. I mean, because you used to always talk about that. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if the chairs, you know, make that big of a difference for me. You don't think that until you have a bad chair. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'll be sitting down for a while. It does. It definitely comes into play. <laughs> like, what if we played in that private game and we were in lawn chairs? <laughs> oh, God. That, was, those, those were 100% the worst ever. <laughs> yeah, and they were low to the ground where only your chin was above the table. God, that was a funny sight. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the chairs were great. Um Overall, super impressed with the clean cleanliness of it and just the quality of everything. Would you agree with that breakdown of it? Oh, 100%. Uh, I would say I was... So, to me, there's always kind of like a... I enjoy like the wow value of a place. When I went in there at first, I was kind of expecting just a, like a room. Just kind of a normal room in a shopping strip. The place is a thousand times nicer than I thought. Uh, when you walk in, it's a front desk, and then you go straight into the poker room, which is gigantic. It's easily one of the biggest ones, I, I would say. Maybe not the biggest, but one of the. 
I mean, it was pretty big. But what what was also nice is um, the bar wasn't connected to the poker, so it was kind of a side area, which I know you said you would really enjoy that. That's exactly what I was going to bring up. Uh, to the right is like this really, really nice bar area uh, with drinks and all of that. And I think it being away from the poker is really nice if you wanted to get a break. If you've been doing a long tournament and you have a break, it would be nice to have that. Uh, over in a connected to it is a pool table where you can go shoot some pool. So it was really a cool. They've got a really cool patio area that I thought was really could really be interesting and nice. The layout of the t the TVs were gigantic and they were easy to like lay out. I like to watch the games while I play poker a lot of times, so it'd be a probably one of the best places I've seen to watch a game when you're playing poker. So I I was really just thrilled at like how nice the room was i will say that so i mean i it's going to take some playing playing to really get the feel and if it's going to be one of the more regular places i play but as far as a first overall going in there i was pretty impressed right yeah the first impression was very good um the one cool thing that they had until they get their kitchen they said is they'd reimburse you for your uber eats so you could get food there up to thirty dollars Yes, when you're playing cash, which I thought was one of the coolest things. I actually prefer that to a place having a kitchen. I don't... Oh, 100%. I mean, that that to me, I would thought was the best idea. And someone said that they'd probably lose money that way versus having the kitchen. I don't know. What do you think about that? I don't know. I mean... It... I guess I'm not all the products you got to have and all like, I mean, the cooking, the, the cook, I mean, the staff and everything. I don't know that you're losing losing that much money versus that. I mean, yeah, I guess I'm not business savvy enough to know how much running a kitchen costs, but I mean, is it $30 a plate? Um, I don't uh, know. Or like, but I just thought that was an interesting thing. Cause I thought maybe if anything, cause $30 even seemed like a lot. I was thinking they could even do $20. I still prefer that more. Well, like, yeah, I just, I mean, well, one, you have a, just a huge range of things you can get. Like, let's say, compared to, like, 101 Katie, I'm not going to get anything for $30 It's near that quality of food. But the fa but I think it makes up for it in the fact that you have just unlimited variety of things that you can get, which is just, would I don't know. Like I say, when they said that, I thought that was a super cool option. So, that's a... Uh, but I guess you want to get into some of the hands? Yeah, let's, uh... Let's dig in. So I only have three hands of note for this session, which speaks to my session. Okay. But um, so my first hand I have, I sit down. I'm on the button. I have queen jack. Um, the table limps. I make it 20. I get one caller. We're heads up. The flop comes 10 of diamonds, nine of diamonds, jack, uh, deuce of hearts. Okay. So I have a backdoor flush draw, but kind of irrelevant, but I'm open-ended. Okay, with two overs. Yes. Okay. Um, so I bet 15, kind of a standard down bet. Okay, I yeah. like this. Okay. Yeah, I mean, 100%. Um, he calls. The turn is an offsuit three. I bet 35. Do you think I? that's kind of small? I was kind of thinking about that one. I think it was 35. Let me see. You bet 15 on the... Wait, how how much did you make it pre-flop? 20. 
Okay, so 20, 40, and then you may get 15 on the flop. Yep. Uh, so we're looking at 70, 35. Uh, I would have sized up a little. Yeah, I would have sized up a little bit here. But, I mean, it's not enough that it really matters that much. I think I'll, I'll probably bet 50 here. But, I mean, I'm not certain that it makes a difference in this actual hand. Um, but he calls a 35. Um, the river is a complete brick. And what are you doing here with queen high? Um, when I say complete brick, it was still under the 10. Um, might have been like a 5. This is tough. Uh, so you have a... You don't have much any showdown value, which makes me want to bluff. Problem being is if all the draws missed and he's on like a 10, there's no reason for him to really fold here. I mean, there's been no dangerous cards on this. I would much prefer like a king or an ace. Well, the king makes my straight. I'd much prefer that well, too. Well, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, solid point. I'd like an eight too if we're calling cards. But... Uh, I don't know. I mean, this is... I don't think a third... I, when you have this little showdown value, I don't think it's a, a, a bad thing to just go ahead and go for it here. But also, I'm trying to figure out what you're, tr you're trying to get them off of. Um, true. Um, well, middling pairs, other flush... Well, I guess other flush draws would be, you know, like ace-high flush draw, but... Because, um, you know, also the front door flush missed, too. So it's kind of a lot that kind of bricked out here, which kind of makes it harder to rep. Um, the flush and the straights missed. Yeah, it's... I, at the time you did it, I actually agreed with this bluff on the river, but the more I think about it now, it's... There's just... It's very hard to get somebody off of something on this particular run out. But... I don't know. I mean, I'd go 50-50 on this. It's a, when you have, like I say, if you bet this and take it down, it's a genius. But if you bet and get called, it's, it's just, I think it's going to be hard to get. The front door flush draw missing makes me, I guess I'm indifferent to it. Because I'm going to, you're going to be ahead of some of the front door flush, flush draw, front door <laughs> flush draws that miss. Some of them, you're just, Queen High is actually going to beat here. But if you check and someone shows an ace-high missed flush draw, you feel like just biggest, biggest chump. Yeah. yeah, just the biggest dipshit. Uh, okay, so I went for the bluff, though. Let's get to the hand. So how much are you betting here if you're going to go for this? Okay, so if I am going to go for it, we were at how much is in the pot right now? Uh, 20, 40, 70, and then you bet the turn. How much did you bet on the turn? 35. 70, so 140. I'm probably betting a hundred. <laughs> yes, like you were there. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what you bet, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, a hundred sizable enough that I think it makes it hard to call with anything under a ten. And I don't. I'm not trying to get super strong hands to fold. I'm just trying to get some of the hands that I that you know are going to be tough to call with to fold. So what happens? Um, he ends up calling and um. I just snap fold. He shows king deuce for a pair of deuces for bottom pair. So, 
one of the craziest calls I've seen in a well, long time. I mean, once we just talked about it, I mean, um, you gave all the reasons why you would call. And me and that guy, I've also played a lot of hands together. So it makes sense for him to call because he knows I'm betting, you know, I'm bluffing my busted draws just as well. Um, so probably a good play on his part, right? I did uh, not like it. You didn't like it? Well, I, I, mean, didn't, I didn't like it either. I mean, <laughs> well, not I didn't like it. <laughs> but because well, that's if, he's, really... <laughs> if he's doing that, then, I mean, you're getting just insane amounts of value from a bottom pair here. Oh, I mean, sure. all your aces, kings, queens, jacks just got three streets of value from bottom pair. Uh, the only thing he's beating the entire time is, well, actually, you were ahead on the flop. Because I think open ended with two overs, I think you're probably percentage wise ahead. Yes, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think this is a bad play that actually just ended up working out for him. I I don't know about the bluff on the river if I like it or not. I'm about fifty fifty. I don't think it really ceases. I think it ceases to matter. But it should have worked on this, and I think this is a bad play that just worked out well for this player. Yeah, well, no, I don't want to sound results oriented, saying you know. <laughs> that that it's a bad you know but i thought it was you know it was cool that it worked for him that for time right so i mean good call i mean good call on that exact moment i will say that yeah absolutely um so here is man this hand is just so troublesome i mean that hand you know i kind of consider that one to me i thought that was kind of a standard play like out of me right like okay. down by down by a bit big but oh, um, yeah. and whatever you have no showdown value but this one this one's a little bit more, <laughs> a little bit more to it. Um, so, oh, I was on the button for this one. Okay. I have Jack 10 of diamond, uh, sorry, of spades. The guy to my right makes it 20. And you're on the button? Yes. I just call. We go to this flop heads up. I will say before you uh, go into that flop, I am normally going to three bet on three bet here, but the guy to your right was one of the tighter players at the table, which this would be one of the few times I call this hand. If it's cutting versus a, a cutoff versus button, I think this is usually should be a three bet. But with this exact player, I like your call and not three betting here. But go on. Yeah, um, that was definitely something I was leaning towards or definitely came into, um, was definitely a factor whenever I was playing this hand. So we go heads up, the flop comes six of spades, seven of diamonds, deuce of spades. So I have a, a flush draw here. He bets 25. I just call, you know, pretty normal call. The turn is the ace of, Di uh, ace of hearts. Did you think of raising that flop? No. Not versus this exact player, no. Hmm. Oh, I would have definitely thought about it because you you're gonna have equity versus a lot. Like, I mean, like ace king, ace queen, ace jack are still all ahead of you, but probably could not stand up to a raise. And if you get do get called, you have good equity. So, I I don't know if I raise here, but I, it's definitely a thought in my mind. But yeah, you call okay. So the river is the ace of hearts. So now the board is wait. What was the turn? 
Sorry, I meant turn. <laughs> I was, uh, I was okay. reading. I was reading River. Yeah, I was reading River in the notes, but said, yeah. Sorry, the turn was the Ace of Hearts. Okay. So the board. So I have Jack Ten of Spades. The board is Six of Spades, Seven of Diamonds, Deuce of Spades, and now the turn is the Ace of Hearts. He checks, but he looks like he wants to bet. And I'm kind of like, mm, I think I'm about to get check raised. So I check it behind. I don't like the check here. I mean, this ace just hits his range way more than it hits yours. Uh, all the reasons I thought about raising that flop now are reasons I kind of want to check this turn. Is He has a lot of aces that he might play. And, yeah, I don't know. And then I guess you could represent the ace against, like, pocket nines or something like that. But I like this check here. The river is the four of spades, so I hit my flush. Okay. Um, he then bets 55. What are you doing here? A mandatory raise here. Okay. Wait, what's the full board for me again? Six of spades, seven of diamonds, deuce of spades, ace of hearts, four of spades. Okay. So he bet, and he bets how much on this river? 55. 55, 110. I'm probably betting like 160 here. Mm -hmm. So I size down here. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Um, the reason why I did was so I could bet fold was my plan. So I make it 115 and he goes all in. I mean, this is a sick spot. It's he goes all in for how much? Um, one second, let me think. Do some quick math. Um, it was either it was three fifty five or three seventy five. Okay. So about two hundred seventy-five to call. Let's call it two sixty to call. So, and for the listeners, just a peek behind the curtains of the podcast. I mean, we debated probably about a good what hour, hour and a half on whether this is was a call or fold here. Yeah. Uh, and I tell you what, I'm still not. My reasons for wanting to fold this are three, three bet river bluffs and low limit poker is almost non-existent. So this almost has to be close to the nuts every time uh especially the way this is played but i mean and also in but here's the other thing is a flush i mean getting any type of odds on a hand as strong as this makes me want to call i I honestly don't know what I do here ever. I mean, this is going to be the, such a close spot. I think I call, and I'm just sad to see a deal. I mean, it's one of those things, I just if I'm going to get cooler like this, I think I'm going to get cooler, cooler like this. And maybe I'm just hoping for a weaker flush. I don't know. Uh, what, do you, uh, what do you end up doing? Um, I folded. It was still sad. I didn't get to see anything. I hope we run into this guy again so that I can ask him to see what he what he says about that hand. Because I do think he's someone who would be honest about it, like, after the fact. 
Maybe. Um, someone said they saw the King of Spades in his hand. So Makes a lot of sense. Uh, he either had, I think they said it was either King Queen of Spades or King Queen with one spade. I mean, but... He probably has King Queen of Spades here. I, like I say, three-bit river bluffs really are not a thing in, uh, in poker. Because almost nobody in the world is folding a hand as good as, as good as that in that spot. Like, I just don't think most players are capable of doing that. So, it's it was it's probably a really great fold, actually. Well, here's the final hand of note, then. <laughs> that one was very troublesome. Yeah. But, so then about two hands later, like actual two hands later, I get dealt pocket queens. Don't even have notes on it. So, <laughs> I'll just tell you right on off of memory. One, I understand. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, I'm in the big blind, but there was a button straddle or I was under the gun. Do you remember? Uh, no, but they're close enough. So that's fine. Well, I made it 20. If I remember that, if I remember thinking um, about last podcast where you were talking about, you know, the limp raise, I told you if you lose, it's exactly what you deserve. So definitely wasn't going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> definitely oh. couldn't come on next week saying I did that. So I made it 20 per use. Okay. Got one caller. Then I get three bet to 75. Um, That's folds back to me. I have 255 behind. And let me, let's uh, clarify. This three bet was from the action player at the table, too. I mean, your range has this guy crushed. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Um, so he three bets. I go all in. Other guy folds. He snap calls. Um, the flop comes... We run it once. The flop comes ace, queen, like three. So I flop a set. Um, mm -hmm. The turn is a 10. And he turns over king jack offsuit for a turn straight. Board doesn't pair on the river. And I go to play pool. <laughs> God, that was so dirty. <laughs> that, was, that was disgusting. Uh, you had a very rough session. One, that flush is a very tough... That's a just a. We'll never know if it was a right move or not. I think it was just a really great fold, but we're never gonna really know for certain. And then, that queen's hand is just disgusting, and the queen jack hand. Just should have that bet should have worked ninety nine percent of the time. It was just that one time it didn't. Uh, I only have one hand. It was the player that it was against the player that you had the flush against. It's I have ace four off on the button. I raised to twenty. Uh, that player is a small blind. He calls. The flop is king jack five with two clubs. I don't have a club in my hand. Uh, I bet I go ahead and down bet to twenty. This is kind of a good flop for my range. I'm going to have a lot of kings. going to have a lot of jacks here. Uh, he calls. Once he calls, I have ace four off. I have really nothing going for this hand. I'm completely done with the hand after this. The turn is a nine. Uh, he check. I check. Wait, he's small blind. He checks. I check. Like I say, I'm completely done. If he eh, Once he calls, he has something. He has me beat. And there's no reason for me to get him off of it. Until the rivers at ten of clubs comes, so well, now the for the list, yeah, say for the listeners, break down what this means. So the flop is king jack five with two clubs. 
the turn is a nine, the river is a ten of clubs. So this river makes the flush, also puts a one-liner to a straight out there. Once he checks and he shows weakness twice, and you got to think, if this guy has a king, unless it's exactly, exactly king-queen, or if he's got a jack, unless it's exactly jack-queen, this is a horrible run out for this guy. So once he checks, I decide that this is too good of a spot to bluff. I bet 60, and he tanks forever. I think he might be folding actually two pair here. The way this uh, the way this went, but uh, he I do end up getting the fold, so I was happy about that. That's always a nice one to get through. Yeah, I was I was real happy that that uh, happened the way it did. Uh, so I ended up profiting off that session. It was like uh, I think you said one thirty or one fifty. One thirty five right? is yeah, what it was. Yeah. There. So it was a nothing crazy, but it was a nice nice to get a little profit there. So it's a, especially at a, a place that is new and we hadn't been before to make kind of, so we could kind of give a review for all the people in Houston or coming to Houston that might want to play there at some point. Yeah. But man, dude, like this, um, downswing, man, it's just really killing me. I mean, it is hard to not try to think to adjust your strategy or, I mean, We've all been there. Well, and like I say, I think it's always important to try to be objective because downswings are, can screw with your head so much. And, like, obviously, pocket queens, when you get king, when you go up against King Jack in that situation, it's a great situation. So that's playing well and just getting unlucky versus some of the other stuff where is the downswing affecting your play in certain ways you're playing badly. Like, I always try to be objective when it comes to that. I think it can be hard because sometimes it, the, those lines really get blurry. <laughs> it's very hard not to be influenced by the results. <laughs> right? Yeah. it's Because, uh, I mean, you don't always know if it was a good play or a bad play. I mean, sometimes, I mean, we talk about it all the time. Sometimes you have a great play that gets horrible results. and I mean, like, you can make a great bluff. That's the perfect time for a bluff, but just gets called. I mean, sure enough, with bottom pair or uh and i mean like i say in other times you make a horrible play but end up looking like a genius because somehow it works mm-hmm. so it's yeah the, those downswings can really screw with you mine was pretty bad last year luckily this year busted out of it but which i mean is only a matter of time before you do too so hopefully or i go broke and we quit this whole thing but <laughs> 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 we're gonna be talking about free free poker, uh, the free poker podcast. Or oh no, we're, we're, to sell we're looking po- for one one games out there. No, I'm gonna sell this podcasting equipment. <laughs> <laughs> but on that note, this concludes the Texas Poker Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time, and we'll see you next week.